1: to be back with you folks. We love this opportunity to come across your airwaves and with me as always, my friend, Stephanie. So Stephanie, let's take the next eight days and why don't we pick a kid a day and you just catch us up on how old they are and how cool they are or something like that. Do you want to go oldest to youngest, youngest to oldest? How do you want to do it?
2: It doesn't matter.
1: All right, we'll start with Emmy. So Emmeline, uh, so tell us about old Emmeline. What's going on with her these days?
2: Well, she's doing very well. Um, she's in kindergarten and loves learning and, um, yeah, she has a lot of vibrance to our home.
1: You know, old Emmy, you know, she told me one day, she said, uncle Doug, I'm not spoiled. I'm just a little goyo. That's all I, am. <laughs> I'm just a little goyo. That's all I am. I just need a little more time with people. <laughs> I'm the youngest uncle Doug. I mean, she's pretty, she's pretty, uh, how can I say this convicted in her beliefs? What a great little girl who got saved right last year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And she just got baptized a couple of weeks ago. So. Oh, and
1: I didn't get a picture of Emmy okay. getting baptized. So oh, I'll have to find one. Totally bummed out about that. Yeah. Well, our congratulations to Emmy. So that gets us through one of the eight. So we'll try to remember next time we come on, uh, to go ahead and, and move up to Caleb and we'll work through the age group there. And so also I want you guys to remember there is a GoFundMe page out there for Stephanie. And uh, as you know, she had a terrible flood in her house. You can find that in helpful wounded spirits praying for Stephanie Wesco, or you can just look up GoFundMe uh, Stephanie Wesco and it'll come up. And, uh, so anyway, folks, we're moving along in the book of Proverbs, but we remember we're doing this thing. You might be right with God. If we went to a total positive juju, I'm kind of happy about this, Stephanie. I I like being on the positive side. I'm feeling good about this. You know, we're always talking positive. You know, there hasn't been a lot of negative coming out of us the last few podcasts. I think God may be doing a work in me. I think I may be uh, the supplier of negative stuff. I'm just thinking that. I'm I'm thinking that I may be the guy that brings in and out the negatory, you know? So looking at that, we got to get away from that. We got to move out from that. And then you all know when we get out of Proverbs, which is still a couple months away, uh, we're then going to move into a study on narcissism and what the Bible has to say about narcissists. And if you're a narcissist, we, Uh, assure you, we're going to give you everything you need to get right with God. And if you're around a narcissist, I assure you, we're going to give you everything right that uh, how you can work these things out. And if necessary, uh, just heal, get better, get away and things of that nature. That's a real hard thing, Stephanie. And as somebody who is hurt greatly by a group of narcissists and, and things like that, Stephanie, I mean, isn't there, there's another side to this thing, right? Well, yeah. And I,
2: it's, it's, To me, a narciss narcissist is a man made word. Yeah. Um, But you know, when I think about that word, um, the Bible terms for a narcissist would be proud and arrogant,
1: foolish. Yeah.
2: And what defines them? And so, um, I think you know, whenever we study those kinds of things, it's kind of a scary thing because it's easy to become what you are teaching or what you're um, presenting by being the godly, it's saying we'll use even studies like that, um, to make us feel proud that we aren't that. And I'm not, are that, but I'm just saying that the topic is one that is always very sobering to me because I could be that without the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, um, those, these, you know, these topics are real and, and understanding that if you've been through that, It's, you know, it's time to put up boundaries. It's time to say, no, this is not okay. And this is not pleasing to the Lord. And so um, learning to work through it, to heal from it, to separate from it in the way that Jesus Christ did so that in the process, he receives honor and glory and you don't just band-aid your wounds, you actually can start healing from them. I think those are all very important things.
1: Yeah, they are. And uh uh you know a bandaid just covers up something. And uh, we want to go, you know, to scripture. Uh, God alone can heal us in these areas. And, and these are things we need to talk about, Stephanie. And just like we're talking about Proverbs and how we can get better, how we, as we pay attention to Proverbs, as we go through Proverbs, uh, how we're getting better, things God wants us to know. And really, Proverbs is a study of uh, being the opposite of a narcissist. It really is. So as we go through this, we've seen so much uh, that's helped us, I think, in that area. So, and uh, so, with the right juju, and going to that place where you might be right with God. If I think one of these things is you might be right with God if you're studying your Bible. We've talked about that, but with it, with an intention. Something Stephanie said is to get those books. I, I think a devotion's good. You know, maybe what we're doing here is a devotion, Stephanie. So as people are listening to a, us, are doing a devotion. But also, if you got something in your life and you know it's there, if you're right with God, uh, and it's 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 not good uh, it's bitterness, it's bad, write it down and study out the word of God, you know, pull up an online concordance and look for verses for that. So for instance, if you have a problem with lust or lust in your heart, uh, you know, look up the word lust in a concordance and read Bible verses about that. I think that'll make us right with God. Uh, as we study those things, things like that have been a great blessing to me. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been through things in my life, you know, as many of you with the PTSD, with the injuries, with the medical things. Matter of fact, I'm about an hour from leaving uh, for oral surgery at an MD slash dental surgeon. Uh, They keep on throwing implants and gluing and screwing things into my mouth because of a bad helicopter accident I was in. I mean, they're doing a great job. I'm not crying Uh, but you know, I've got my medical problems and stuff and boy, you can get heavy with those and boy, Stephanie deals with these limes and you know, we're, we're friends, we hang around and we're all messed up together, but you can get real heavy with those, but to stop and take a look at them and say, what does God have to say about this? Why am I going through this trial? And boy, you get to help other people. I've seen Stephanie help so many as she went through health trials and things like that and the trial of losing her dear sweet husband and taking care of those eight children alone and, uh, and things of that nature. So that makes you right with God. I think pull out a concordance, look at things that aren't right in your life and read verses about them. Look at things that are right in your life, but you want to get stronger at them and look up those verses. I think that'll be a great help to you and read books over and over again. I've mentioned that before. I've read through Proverbs like 10 or 11 times recently as we're Studying through it, and it's really been a help to me. And uh, so, do that as well. And what would I tell other people uh, to help them with their PTSD or do with other people? I would help them find verses that helps them with their PTSD, maybe grab my book. And I'm not, this is a a shameful uh, push for my book and I don't intend that to be the case, but even the original wounded spirits of biblical approach to PTSD and, uh, find out something they're dealing with and look those things up and boy, God can uh, really give you help with those. And so I think that's how we help people. And, uh, that's how we see people are right with God. And I think Stephanie, you know, we're on fourteen, fourteen, and, uh, and there I you know I did it again when my words kind of you know maybe I'm losing my ability to speak fluently. Uh, <laughs> did you hear that fourth, 14 I mean what's going on there? You know
2: It's
1: okay. Is it a Freudian slip? I mean, you know I mean, you know
2: your mouth, your mouth is already thinking about what's coming and it's messing with it.
1: You know, I had a high school teacher used to tell me that I was thinking about 6 minutes ahead of my speech. So <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had something going on. I don't know. But here we are. We're in 1414, and I said it properly that time. We're talking about the backslider. And it says, the black backslider, there I go, messing it up, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. So uh, right away, Stephanie, I think we, we're going to ask you to define what a backslider is.
2: Well, I think biblically a backslider is someone who has, you know, they've been walking with God, they've been um, drawing closer to Him, and then they reach a plateau where they, well, they, they don't reach a plateau, but they think they've reached this place of, okay, we don't have to do this anymore. And they start slipping, they start going backwards, um, where the, instead of running, looking to Jesus and running the race, it's almost like they get stuck in in a mudslide headed downhill. Yeah. And, um, they don't stay on the path of God when they do that. They end up on their own paths. They end up following their own devices, their own wisdom. And um, it says the backslider in heart. In other words, I think a backslider in heart is someone who can stay looking great on the outside, but inside they're deteriorating. Yeah. And, um, they, they become filled with their own, with their own ways, their own wisdom,
1: their own everything. Yeah. Yeah. These people, exactly what you said, they, they kind of, you know, they've served God, but now they're kind of declining obedience almost, right? They're saying, I don't want to be part of this anymore. They're, uh, maybe partying, maybe doing things that they shouldn't be doing with people they shouldn't be with. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, there was a term years ago, backslider was a special way people would uh, ice skate or roller skate when I was a kid. But this term, exactly what Stephanie said, somebody who's outside the will of God, somebody who knows what's true, uh, who knows what's right. And uh, then they go on, but then Stephanie, they're contrasting that there's a contrast here, I think with a good person. Uh, And, you know, again, it's talking about that backslider and then it's saying a good man, Uh, right there in the verse, shall be satisfied uh, from himself. And uh, so a good man is not worried about what other people are thinking. A good man is not caught up on all those crazy things. A good man or woman, uh, a good person, you know. So, again, this verse is pointing to it or putting a uh, a big point to backsliders. So this whole verse is talking about backsliders and it's talking about you know, so the, the Bible is pretty clear on what Stephanie said, what a backslider is. But then the Bible's pretty clear that, you know, we don't have to backslide. Uh, we don't need to go back to all these different things that were no good. Backsliding is going back to evil. God takes us and we go forward with God. And uh, so we're happy with those things in ourself. We trust it. Um you know, we're, we're pretty good, we're okay, we get to move on, we're better than that, we have God. And so the wise ones, I think, that we enjoy good, we enjoy God's blessing, and we're happy with it. So we're either a backslider or we're somebody who enjoys God's blessings, and thank you for that. That was a good definition. And then we're at verse 15, it says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent, that prudent again, Stephanie, that word we see all the time, man looketh well to his going. So the simple talking about somebody who's simple, I think, you know, to me, simple, uh, means somebody who lacks wisdom, somebody who tries to maybe stay away from wisdom. I'm not saying stupid. I I think sometimes people call folks simple who are ignorant or they think are stupid or something like that. God doesn't make stupid people. Uh, I think it actually in this, in this kind of thing, it's somebody who lacks wisdom. Um, they believe everything, you know, they, they could get, It can get caught everywhere, but that prudent person that Stephanie talked about day before yesterday, that prudent person I think who stands upright, who stands, you know, for God is a wise person. They don't believe everything. They check into things. They trust things. I mean, what are you thinking, Stephanie? Is is there what's a practical way of looking at this verse?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think um everyone starts out simple. Okay. Um, so it's not it doesn't have to do with age, it doesn't have to do with anything like that we are all we all start out simple and so then our truth base begins to be built and that's either built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ or on sand and we will all be inundated with information with word, with all sorts of words and all sorts of quote unquote facts and but is our base for directing for what we are allowing to direct our path direct our going um, as the prudent man does, are we are we looking to the truth of God's word as the words that we are taking seriously as the words that we will believe and then put everything else as subsets under God's words um, or are we just believing any little thing we hear and um, if you're in that place of believing you know you're gonna end up in some you know, there's, there's a whole lot of teachings out there from a spiritual perspective, from a health perspective, from a anything perspective, emotional, that'll mess you up. And so making your base of your goings um, in any part, any path of your life, that you're looking well to following, first and foremost, what the words of God are about that situation. And that's what a prudent man does. He looks well. In other words, he studies, he pays attention to the path he's on and that, that will lead you away from simplicity and to a life that's governed by the wisdom of God.
1: Yeah. And you know, it almost goes, Stephanie, with the word, the biblical word sober, you know, being, being all in, thinking about what you're doing, the prudent, all those things you're saying. That's perfect. That's perfect. And, uh, I, I think, you know, and obviously 16 goes right along with this and it says a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. And again, you know, giving us choices here, that Hebrew parallelism, but I, I think these are important for us to look at. I'm so glad we get to look at these every day, you know, Monday through Friday, looking at these things, talking about them and, uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of messed up by this a little bit because we're going back to a wise man fear thing. So it's it's not that we only a wise man doesn't be part of this. It's it's entered a new word into this into the uh, into the mix, Stephanie. It uses the word fear. So tell us about this verse.
2: Well, I think when we when we see this word fear in this concept, um, it there's a holy reverence a yeah. wise man. Holy reverence for the law of God he has um, the, an, an inward governing it's almost like the governing um, wheel of his ship that steers his ship that steers his actions is that governing principle that I don't serve myself I serve the God of heaven I belong to him And it says he departs from evil, in other words, there may be areas where a wise man is doing something and God shows him this is wrong, this isn't pleasing to me. And that wise man says, Okay, God, you're God, I'm gonna obey you, I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna do what you want me to do. And he departs from that evil. And I think there's the also the principle of your companions, wherever you're, you know, if you're in a mix and something evil starts to happen, and it's not a situation where you can stop it. Okay, you're not in a leadership position, or you depart from it. There's a fear of God there. You're not going to stand around and listen to dirty jokes. You're not going to be involved in a conversation that's filthy communication because you have a fear of God. And so I think that's the idea there of that fear of it's a respect for the holiness of who of God and of who he is, his attributes. and that fear brings a desire to please him.
1: Yeah. And, and I think exactly what you said is right. And, and I would just add to what Stephanie just said too, as I was thinking, I didn't think about this until she said that. Uh, but I would just remind everybody that a little sin is still a sin. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as Stephanie was saying, to have that respect, that reverence. So a little sin is still a sin. So if we let a little bit in, we're still sinning. If we bring a little bit in, we're still sinning. So we need to make sure that we do that. Uh, We need to fear. I think that's really good. I think we could squeeze another one in, Stephanie. We have been incredibly good at this, uh, this week. And it says, he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly and a man of wicked devices is hated. And boy, don't we see that, that quick tempered person. uh, They, boy, I, I've been quick tempered before, I think. I think I'm pretty smooth now. I, I don't think I jumped to anger as quickly as I used to. It's something that I really had to work with, with God. And uh, maybe all of us, Stephanie, maybe we all that way, you know, that it's easy to be quick tempered, but sometimes to take a breath and look at things and, and then talking about a man of, you know, having those wicked intentions. And uh, I mean, looking at that verse, what's coming to your thoughts?
2: Well, I think it goes with the end of verse 16, um, but the fool rageth and is confident. And then it says, he that su- is soon angry dealeth foolishly. And um, I think, I um, i shouldn't say I think, I know um, of people that I've interacted with um, who just, it doesn't take, it feels like their fuse is so short. Um, somebody says something to them and within three minutes it's like there's yelling, there's this big, like, whoa, what in the world are you, you know, what's wrong with you kind of thing where they just lose it. And that's, that's a pattern. It's, it's something. And, and what's sad is kids see this kids see when this stuff happens and it's, it will destroy relationships. It will destroy, um, it will for sure destroy close relationships because who wants to be around an angry person. And so this is a very serious thing. And the thing is, I, you know, where someone can act that way and then they're still fully confident. It's like to them, that's so much their normal. It doesn't mess them up at all. They just messed up people around them. They just, um, emotionally abuse people and they go on their merry way. They're still full of confidence and whatever. And that is dealing foolishly. And it does lead, um, it says a man of wicked devices is hated, and obviously that's talking about deceit. And that there's a lot of things, but someone who's angry, someone who blows up, and is not under the control of the Spirit of God, and that's that's a sin in their life that is very much a controlling factor. People are not going to want to be around them, and they're going to find themselves an island because. Nobody wants to hang around with somebody somebody who's losing their temper or you know, that has that <laughs> viper effect of biting with their words all the time. Nobody wants that.
1: Yeah, and you know, I again, if you're soon angry, if you're quick tempered, if you're you know, I mean this first just it deals with what I used to be in my life, dealeth foolishly. And a man with wicked devices is hated. So you know, again. Stephanie, people aren't going to like those people, exactly what you said. And don't you feel like this is another trademark or another, uh, pointing toward another thing that involves narcissistic kind of stuff?
2: Well, I think, um, that, you know, you can be an angry person and not be a narcissist, but I can go together because a lot of times, um, I know people that I wouldn't necessarily like I say, and, and I don't, I'm kind of becoming leery of the word because it's being overused so much today, but um, I know people who I would not classify as a narcissist per se, but when they become that way, yeah, if I thought is going through my mind, this is someone I need to distance myself from because first of all, this just messed me up. Um, and what's sad is um, if you deal, if you've dealt with a person like this, that is, angry and foolish and start spewing with their mouth and you've been the re- the the receiver of this, it will make you gun shy to be around anyone else who you see that trade in. And so, you know, if you're quick to anger, you're not just hurting a person like just between you and them. You're you're messing up that person's perception of other people. Yeah. And so it's a very serious the chain effect that anger and angry words have on people. It's devastating.
1: It is. And you know, we did a whole chapter on it in that wounded spirits book, the original one Talk, and you know, you bring other people into your realm of anger. You bring your kids in you're around people. I mean, before you know it, your anger can really mess some people up. And uh, so just don't do it. I mean, you know, you know, to wrap on this is don't do it, you know, study God's word, be that person who's prudent, be that person who's wise, be that person that takes a moment, uh, uh takes a breath. Uh, be the person that questions things, that looks at things. You know, "Angers in the bosom of fools, I think, is a verse we looked at. And uh, uh, you don't want to be a fool. And so that's where that's at. Listen, folks, we love you. We think it's a great pleasure to be able to come across your earways. And remember us in your thoughts and prayers. We certainly remember you. If there's anything we can do to help, uh, look for us at the Wounded Spirits Facebook page. And we'll try to get back to you just as soon as we can. We sure do love you, folks. And we hope you have a great day. Thank you.